When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thursday, September 30th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynes of the Indians struggled again last night, uh, losing uh, their second in a row to the Royals at Kauffman Stadium. Just uh, an all-around nightmare of a game in the outfield for Harold Ramirez. Uh, they were able to tie the score up after falling behind, but uh, you know the, the bullpen sort of let them down again. Uh, just what did you make of uh, another sort of collapse for this Indians team uh, against the Royals? Yeah, it just looks like uh, a team finishing out the season, uh, Joe. Just, uh, you know, playing out the string. Uh, I thought uh, Plesak kind of gutted through. You know, he, he gave up, what, the, three, the, the huge home run to Salvador Perez in the first inning, first pitch, forcing fastball that went about five miles over the center field fence, you know, just after the Indians had – given him a one nothing lead. So, you know, that was a pattern of the first two games. They took a, a first a, a lead in the first inning and only to see Kansas City come back right away and, uh, you know, negate that. And uh, But Plesak hung in there after the first two innings, four scoreless innings, uh, and the Indians offense worked its way back to a 5-5 tie. But when he left, you know, Nick Whitgren came in and, and uh, you know, just uh, – he got, you know, it, the, the game got away from him then, you know, and it was, uh, you know, it was just, you know, Harold Ramirez in left field. It reminded me of watching Ahmed Rosario make his debut in, in center field in spring training. I mean, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. And, uh, you know, in, in the uh, second inning, he misplayed a, a Whit Merrifield a double. Uh, to the wall in left field for a, for an RBI that, that drove in a run. Then he, uh, and in the, at the start of that inning, he kind of on Michael Taylor's ball to left field, a ground ball. You know, he could have, I thought he had a chance to throw Taylor out at, at second base, but he slipped after fielding the ball. And then in the seventh inning, when, you know, the, the Royals put the game away, uh, Nicky Lopez hit, hit a, you know, a double down the left field line. And he, he, that got over Ramirez's head as well. And it was just a disaster. I, I have not seen that, Joe, since, well, I guess we haven't seen it since Ahmad Rosario's, you know, uh, display in center field. And that wasn't Rosario's fault. I mean, he wasn't a center fielder, but right. uh, you know, Ramirez is an outfielder. And, and it, just, it, wasn't, it wasn't a spring training game either. It was a, a game that yeah. counted too. So uh, that's the difference. 
Yeah. Uh, what was the reaction from Ramirez afterwards? What were some of the reasons that he gave uh, after the game for, you know, the, the way he played out there? I mean, this is a, he's a professional outfielder. This is what he does. Uh, is it being unfamiliar with the outfield out there, the, the, the setup in Kansas City? Uh, he, he did make his debut with the Indians in that ballpark. So, you know, you should have some sort of familiarity with it. Yeah, I, he said, you know, in, on September 19th, he hit the right field wall at Yankee Stadium, injured his right shoulder, chasing a, a home run by Gio Urshela. And, uh, you know, after the game, you know, no, we didn't even ask for, uh, you know, Harold Ramirez to talk. He, you know, kind of volunteered to come in and talk to us with, uh, you know, Augustin, uh, um, Rivero, the, the, the translator, and he basically said, you know, running into the wall at Yankee Stadium, you know, is on his mind, and he was concerned about that when he got close to the wall in, uh, you know, on Whitfield's double and, and on Lopez's double, and, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, credit, I give him credit for honesty, but I, I got to tell you, Joe, I've never heard an outfielder say that, even though they might be scared stiff of the wall. All right. Uh, I mean, Bradley Zimmer had the same thing. He ran into the wall in, in center field in, uh, Yankee, in Yankee Stadium, Stadium and, and missed time because he was injured after that. But, you know, he came back and said, you know, it's not going to change the way that I play. I'm, I'm just going to go out there and run hard as, as I normally do. And, and, you know, to his credit, that's what he's done. Uh, for, for Harold, this comes at just the worst possible time. This is not the best uh, time for him to, you know, be playing like this if, if he wants to leave an impression uh, on the Indians for next season, because they've got a, a whole bunch of outfielders that want to try and be in that mix. And if they're not sure about Harold's defense, uh, he, he might be on the outside looking in when it comes to spring training. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a good point, Joe. You know, he did get two hits last night, but you know, they didn't really impact the game uh, as much as his defense did. And, uh, you know, this is a guy, I think, you know, he said, I've got to get past this. You know, uh, this is a big outfield, you know, uh, Kauffman Stadium. You know, it's, it's a huge outfield, no matter if you're playing left, right, or center. But he goes, I've got to adopt to, adapt to, the, to different outfield positions, you know, the situations, the shapes and sizes of them. And I got to move forward. I got to put this by me, past me. And uh, so we'll see. But, you know, there's, there's four games left in the season. So this is something... I don't know how Harold handles this, if he's going to go down and play winter ball, you know, and, and do something else. But I think Harold, you know, has made his reputation as a hitter. And uh, last night's performance uh, kind of cemented that. Right. Uh, as far as, you know, other options they might have in the outfield, would, would you be surprised to see Harold, uh, you know, back out there the next couple of games? They've got four games left. Like you said, uh, three of them are going to be in a park that none of these guys have ever played in before. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, you know, the Texas is starting uh, four, I mean, three left right-handed pitchers. So uh, I don't know if that, you know, if that plays into Zimmer and Mercado playing more, you know, Mercado played right field. He made an error as well. So it wasn't a great night for, for the Indians outfielders, but uh, we'll see, you know, I, I would think, you know, we'll see Ramirez in there in one of those, at least in one of those three games. I mean, um, you know, DeMarlo Hale has been rotating those guys on a fairly regular basis. Uh, speaking of professional hitters, uh, Jose Ramirez, uh, you, you mentioned that one run that they scored in the first inning. It was an RBI ground out by Jose Ramirez uh, or that, that got them the, 
that run, uh, the RBI was his 100th of the season. Uh, second time in his career, he's reached the 30 home runs, 100 RBI plateau. Uh, rare company for, uh, you know, for Ramirez in, in that regard. Yeah, definitely. He, uh, you know, he's only one of uh, four Indians uh, third baseman that have had multiple uh, 100 RBI seasons. He drove in 105 in uh, 2018. And uh, Joe, he's a, <laughs> when you, you know, you kind of sit back and you kind of take him just for granted. But when you look at the body of work he's, he's produced this year, he, you know, over 100 runs, over 100 RBIs, what, 36 home runs, 26 stolen bases. Um, and it, it's just, uh, I think he's the only player in baseball right now that has accumulated those kind of numbers, you know, all the, you know, checked all those boxes. And it's the second second time, second uh, season of his career that he's done that. And I right. think uh, if I'm reading this right, it's, you know, the last guy to do it, he's only the eighth player to have, you know, accumulate those kind of numbers in a season. Uh, uh more than one time, the last guy to do it was Alfonso Soriano. Right, yeah. When you factor in the uh, the runs scored and the stolen bases, uh, that bumps him up to. I think Barry Bonds did it six times in his career, and Jose Ramirez, Alfonso Soriano, I think Jose Canseco did it. Uh, all those guys did it twice in their career. So you know, a for for Bonds to have done it that many times is pretty remarkable. But but Ramirez doing it twice is is nothing to to sneeze at for sure. Uh, does this put him, you know, in that maybe top half of consideration for, you know, maybe some MVP votes? So we know who the MVP is going to be by this point in this season. Uh, I would think that Sal Perez and Jose Ramirez are making a strong case here at the end of the season uh, to be considered in that top, maybe top five of that, uh, that balloting. Yeah, I think so, Joe. I think, you know, probably – you know, the, the performance of the team overall, you know, will, will affect where, where, you know, the, the amount of votes, uh, uh, you know, Jose Ramirez and, and Salvador Perez get, you know, they're both playing on, you know, also brands on, on, on four teams. So that, you know, that, that may affect, the, you know, the way some voters approach the MVP award, but I think, you know, I've, I think Jose is definitely going to, uh, you know, get, you know, get some down ballot votes, like you say, and, uh, I don't know if he's going to finish in the top three, though, like he has three of the last four years. Yeah, I think that's going to come to an end. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you mentioned Zach Plesak gutting out uh, the the start there. Uh, do we do we think that was the last start of the season for Zach Plesak, or, or is there another chance for him to to maybe uh, start? I, I don't I don't think so. I think that might have been his his last uh, last out yeah. of the season. He's got a chance. I, they haven't named the starter for Sunday. And uh, it's going to be, uh, um, you know, Morgan and, and Tristan McKenzie are starting Friday and Saturday. Zach could come back, what, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Well, no, wait it's, a minute. It could be Savali, Plesak, or Quantrill. Yeah. Quantrill on extended I rest. I, I think Quantrill's the, more, the most likely candidate. Yeah, I think, and it could be a bullpen game from there, or kind of a mix and match. But, yeah, Quantrill would be in line if they wanted, if they wanted to do that and have him kind of – cap off that this great second half finally right that would be interesting to see uh Shane Bieber uh getting the start tonight his final start of the season he went three innings three perfect innings uh last time out what do we expect to see out of him tonight 
Yeah, you know, I think he'll, he'll, uh, DeMilo Hale said he'll probably bump up by, by 15 to 20 pitches. He threw 34, uh, you know, against the White Sox on Friday. So I, I would think if he gets into the fourth or fifth inning, you know, they'll be satisfied with that. Um, and uh, I don't think they're going to, you know, they're not going to stretch this guy out a whole lot. I think they want to get him in and out as fast, you know, just as with as less stress as possible and uh, get him into the offseason, uh, you know, so he has a good, you know, he feels good about himself and in a good frame of mind. Uh, one of the things that losing these uh, first two games of the series against the the Royals has done, it's led to the fact that the Indians cannot finish with a winning season this year. They can't get to those 82 wins. Uh, they can still get to 81, but uh, it's going to take some doing. They're going to have to win tonight and then sweep the series in Texas in order to get to a 500 record uh, and, and extend sort of that streak of not having a losing season uh, since 2013. Uh, chances the Indians can get that done. I think there's a chance, Joe, but I just don't like the way this offense is playing. You know, it's just, uh, you know, they've been so inconsistent and this is nothing new. I'm not, you know, no revelation here, but it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's a feast or famine offense and, uh, you know, you need some consistency. And uh, right now, uh, you know, they're getting some consistency from, you know, kind of the top of the order, Straw and, and Rosario doing a nice job. You know, uh, you know, Jose's chipping in. You know, Ramirez looks like he's in a little bit of a, I mean, Reyes looks like he's in a little bit of a funk. But at the bottom of the order, Chang is, you know, Chang has really come on here and had a great second half. Right, yeah. Chang uh, is, is playing his way into a roster spot for next season. I, I really think he's got to be strongly considered, if not for, uh, you know, just a spot on the bench to, to be able to come in and produce the way he has, he's shown that he can come off the bench and hit. And that's, you know, been pretty impressive all season. And he's played great defense, really, when you think about it, Joe. When he, they play him all over the infield, you know, second, short. You haven't seen him a whole lot at short, but second, first, and third, we've seen him. And, you know, he makes the plays. He's got a great arm. Uh, just a, a guy, like you said, has played himself into the, uh, into the mix here. There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com and you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup and it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the cleveland baseball talk podcast why sign up hear from one of our subscribers i'm uh jeff heinerson i grew up there in milan ohio but i now live out in idaho i've been here for 40 years and uh, my son was born and raised here and i got him as a birthday present uh your subtext and i wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even he's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. So thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians, and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com 
slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian Subtext. With, uh, you know, with the Indians' home portion of the schedule completed, uh, there's a, a sort of a, a unique opportunity for fans to get, still get down to the ballpark this weekend. Uh, I was just down there uh, before coming in to record this podcast. Uh, Top Golf Live is at the ballpark, and uh, they've set up some uh, golfing bays on the mezzanine in the right field uh, above the, um, the first base uh, dugouts behind that. And there's targets in the outfield and in the infield. And uh, golfers can get out there, and they let you go out and, and take a few swings. Hoinsey, it was, it was pretty neat. Uh, it's a gorgeous day. And you're out there hitting golf balls just like it's a driving range uh, right into the outfield in, in progressive field. It's a, a lot of fun. How'd you hit them, Joe? Uh, not where I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, once you get into the swing of it, they, they give you a pitching wedge or a nine iron because, uh, you know, there's a, a limited amount of space. Uh, I thought, you know, you step in there and, and crush driver all the way to the, uh, the scoreboard, but they don't let you do that. Uh, they set up five targets in the outfield, and the farthest one, uh, this big blue target, is way farther than I think I've ever hit a nine iron uh, in my life. There was there was no chance for me to hit that with a, with a nine iron. So uh, range balls and a nine iron, I don't think I'm getting it that far. I don't know the exact distance, but the setup is really cool. Uh, they've got you in the the first base, like the the club there, the discount drug mark club. Um, there's, they've got cornhole boards set up. They've got, you know, concessions and, you know, the, the bar is open. Uh, it, it looks like it could be a really fun time, especially with the weather, the way it's going to be this weekend here in Cleveland, uh, you know, seventies and, you know, really mild. Uh, I think it's a, a great opportunity to go out and hit balls, especially at night. I think it will be a lot of fun. Uh, so you can go on clevelandindians.com uh, and, and sign up there for, for tea times, I know there's a, a few still left, but uh, just a, a great opportunity. I know you guys are in Kansas City. I know uh, some of the other writers were kind of disappointed that they couldn't come out and uh, participate, but it was a it was a lot of fun just getting the the setup and the feel there with the Top Golf event at Progressive Field. Did you get any tips from Bobby D? Well, that was the thing. Uh, um, Bob DiBiazio, the Indians Vice President of uh, Public Relations, he was sort of in the, the bay next to me, he was telling me, you know, hit the ball back in my stance and all this. And Bobby's a hell of a golfer. He's a, he's a lefty. He, he told a story about uh, growing up in Lakewood. Um, he would deliver for the Sun News and he uh, would immediately go and look in the Sun News each week at the garage sales to see if any of the garage sales had left-handed golf clubs because Bobby's a lefty. And he, he would ride his bike around, you know, the city just to try and find a left-handed set of golf clubs because he never could. Uh, but he looked like he was swinging pretty good. Uh, he also told the story. Bobby's got a million stories. He told the story about uh, hitting golf balls at the old stadium uh, from home plate and driving, trying to drive golf balls over the scoreboard in center field. And, uh, you know, just hitting balls all over the place and, um uh, getting chased out of there by, you know, one of the security guards, uh, as, as he was there, it was, uh, just, a, you know, good time standing there, uh, talking to Bobby and, and, and swinging the clubs. 
uh, at the at the ballpark today. Um, so if you have an opportunity to get down there to, to Top Golf, I, I strongly recommend it. Uh, take a couple of pictures of it because it's a, a really neat setup. Uh, all right, Hoinsey, the Indians uh, wrap up their final uh, game as the Indians against the Kansas City Royals tonight at the, the ballpark there in KC, uh, Kauffman Stadium. Uh, looking forward to your coverage of it, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe.